Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program. Along with me today is Bobby Walter, and Bobby leads our work in the great state of Brooklyn because sometimes it's part of New York, sometimes it's not. Oftentimes we call it Israel West because there's probably a, almost a million Jewish people uh, living in, uh, in Brooklyn alone, a very diverse group of Jewish people, Russian Jewish immigrants. We have a lot of Ukrainian Jewish immigrants. And we have a lot of Orthodox Jewish people, culturally Jewish people, secular Jewish people. Just a, a great opportunity to share the gospel in Brooklyn. And Bobby leads that work and is also one of the leaders of our Messianic congregation in Brooklyn. So welcome, Bobby. And maybe you can just take a quick minute and tell us, what does a Messianic congregation in Brooklyn look like? What, what is that? Some oh, wow. of us would, would love to know. Yeah, well, shalom, Mitch, and shalom and welcome to everyone. Uh, we're grateful that uh, you're joining us now. And uh, yeah, Mitch, a Messianic congregation in Brooklyn is a very interesting place. Uh, we've been at it now for over seven years, and wow. we've seen the Lord do some pretty amazing things. And what I love most about it, and I've had moments where I've had to just sort of pinch myself and thank God for uh, where he's planted us, um, uh, it, it reflects that Jewish diversity. So I remember sitting there one afternoon after our service, and we have our, our bagel time together. And uh, I'm sitting there, and sitting right across from me is a Yemenite Jewish man who uh, made Aliyah, lived in Israel for many years, and now he's living in the U.S. Next to him was his American Jewish wife. And then <laughs> uh, across the table next to me was this sweet uh, Russian Jewish woman who you know, grew up under communism and uh, emigrated to the United States and came to the Lord, came to believe in Jesus uh, here in the early 90s. And then I look across the room and we've got a number of other Israelis, Ethiopian Israeli believers and others from different expressions of the Jewish world. And it's, uh, you know, it's- it sounds it's, like the United Jewish Nations. <laughs> it really something is. something like that. It really is. And, and what I love is that everyone that was there that day was a follower of Jesus. So we were united wow. uh, by the same Holy Spirit of God. And it was, it was really special. So you meet every Saturday morning as opposed to a Sunday morning, and you do some Jewish traditions. I always like to call it a church in a minor key, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but you read from the, of course, the Old and the New Testaments, and we have a Jesus-focused service, don't we? A absolutely. Absolutely. Every Saturday is our service, and I like to describe it as a, uh, you know, we want to plant a healthy faith community where uh, believers in Jesus can express their faith in Jesus in a more Hebraic kind of way. Yeah. It, that's so important, to, particularly in such an intense Jewish area like Brooklyn, right. so that people will feel more comfortable. Because there, there are just a lot of challenges with bringing the message of Jesus to the Jewish people. Now, we've been studying the portion, which is a devotional book that we've developed on the 52-plus uh, portions of the week that Jewish people read in the synagogues, where we get to actually read through the entirety of the five books of Moses mm -hmm. in almost every synagogue in the world and in many Messianic congregations that also followed this lectionary or this selection of readings. Mm 
Right. And uh, so this week we're looking at chapter 25 through 30 of the book of Numbers. And uh, the Jewish people are still wandering in the wilderness, uh, like so many of us. Uh, quite a metaphor for what we've gone through the last few years. And uh, we've also seen that God is faithfully taking care of us and God is taking care of the Jewish people. And it's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. At the end, we learned about the offerings of the holidays. We learned about the succession between uh, Moses and Joshua. One of the very important sort of buried treasures in this portion of the week is the situation with the daughters of Zelophehad? Not an easy name to uh, to say. And in in some ways, this is at the heart of one of the most important messianic concepts and prophecies in the Old Testament scriptures. Mm-hmm. And it's quoted, of course, in the New Testament. And you know it very well. And it's all about the virgin birth. Yeah. And so, Bobby, there's a great statement of the fulfillment of Isaiah 7:14 where the prophet said a virgin will conceive and bear a son and you will call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. Mm-hmm. And that prophecy is applied to Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. And so the question is why a virgin birth? I mean one reason of course it was predicted that God would take on flesh and become a man, a perfect man and endure the hardships and struggles of human life so that eventually Jesus who fulfilled this can be a faithful uh, high priest so that he could be a perfect sacrifice by being human but not sinning. Uh, He was the God-man but did not sin, and therefore he uh, was a perfect sacrifice for our sins. So there were a lot of obvious reasons as to why there should have been a virgin birth, but there's actually something a little bit more uh, that we'd love to uh, share with you. And a lot of Jewish people have a problem with this Mm -hmm. um, because... If Jesus was born of Mary, a virgin, and the Davidic covenant promises of a Messiah who would reign on the throne of David, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 14 to the end of the chapter, and also in 1 Chronicles chapter 19, Psalm 89, if that was fulfilled without human involvement of a father, then what right did Jesus have to sit on the throne of David? And you have two genealogies, one in Matthew 1 and one in Luke 3, and there's a lot of discussion as to which one is which, but there are some different names in there. In Luke 3, for example, uh, the right to reign comes to Nathan, uh, one of the sons of David. In Matthew chapter 1, it comes through Solomon. And there's a real problem with this that is solved by the virgin birth, and you may not know about this, but we're going to tell you about it anyway. (laughs) And I hope that'll show you how incredible God is in in his wisdom and how scripture is just one holistic story in in the most beautiful way. I'm actually reading from Jeremiah 22, verse 24. As I live, declares the Lord, even though Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were a signet ring on my right hand, yet I would pull you off. And I will give you over into the hands of those who are seeking your life. Yes, into the hands of those whom you dread, even to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. Listen to this, verse 26. I will hurl you and your mother who bore you into another country where you were not born, and there you will die. But as to the land to which they desire to return, they will not return to it. Now listen to this 
statement of judgment on the last Jewish king of the southern kingdom, Jeconiah, Coniah. Is this man Coniah, it's verse 28, a despised shattered jar, or is he an undesirable vessel? Why have he and his descendants been hurled out and cast into a land that they had not known? O land, 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 hear the word of the Lord. And here's this judgment that makes the virgin birth actually a necessity. Thus says the Lord, write this man down childless, a man who will not prosper in his days, for no man of his descendants will prosper sitting on the throne of David or ruling again in Judah. Now, Bobby, according to my understanding, Mm -hmm. Solomon was a forefather of Coniah. So if the promise went through Solomon, that son of David, then in fact, Jesus couldn't be the Messiah because he had no right to sit on the throne of David because that line was cut off. Right. And it becomes even more of an issue because in Matthew one twelve, Jeconiah is mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. It says, after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah became the father of Shaaltiel, Shaaltiel the father of Zerubbabel, and it goes on and on. Uh, so, Mitch, I know that, you know, there there's some suggestions that maybe the the curse on Jeconiah was reversed. I know that this is a prominent idea in rabbinic theology. Uh, you, you'll find this in a lot of different rabbinic writings. Uh, and there there may be some kind of uh, hint at a reversal of the curse in uh, the prophet Haggai, in Haggai 2, I believe it's verse 23, where we see Zerubbabel. We almost see like a, a reversal of the language from Jeremiah 22, verse 24, where God said to Jeconiah uh, that he was a signet ring on his right hand that would be pulled off. And then in Haggai 2, 23, you see similar language uh, where it says, on that day declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shaaltiel, who again, these are direct descendants of uh, Jeconiah, declares Lord, and I will make you like a, my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. But, but this still presents, I think, a, a challenge for us. Yes, there's not a clear, explicit reversal right. of the curse. Right, yeah, exactly. Which is the problem. Exactly. There's hints at it. There, it's part of Jewish tradition. But how does Numbers 27 and the daughters of Zelophehad in verses 1 through 14 help us make sense of the validity of Jesus being uh, a Davidic heir? Well, very simply, Bobby, I mean, this is a complex question, but very simply, according to Judaism and according to the Bible, basically the land rights come through the Father. Mm -hmm. But in this instance, we have one clear illustration of the land rights coming through the daughters, from the mother to the daughters. So let me read this, verse two. The daughters of Zelophehad stood before Moses and before Eleazar the priest and before the leaders and all the congregation at the doorway of the tent of meeting saying, our father died in the wilderness, yet he was not among the company of those who gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah. Remember him from last week. Mm -hmm. But he died in his own sin and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be withdrawn from among his family because he had no son? Give us a possession among our father's brothers. So Moses brought the case before the Lord, and the Lord said, in verse 7, the daughters of Zelophehad are right in their statements. You shall surely give them a hereditary possession among their father's brothers, and you shall transfer the inheritance of their father 
to them. Okay, wow, Mitch. So what you're basically pointing out in this text is that there is a precedent for the inheritance, for the land and everything that goes along with that to be passed, not just through the fathers, which was the standard. I mean, that was the way that God set it up, but there's a precedent now where it can actually come through the mother. Yeah, it's it's pretty astounding. So if the line of Coniah was sort of wiped out, and uh, if the curse was not reversed, which again, there was no explicit statement of it being reversed, then the only way for the inheritance to come to a descendant of David would have to be if the inheritance did not come through Solomon and therefore his descendant, Coniah. And so Jesus was born of a virgin, and Mary, Miriam in Hebrew, was that virgin. And we learn according to this text that there was a good example of a daughter who was able to pass along the inheritance, this covenantal inheritance, uh, to her son or to her children. Uh, and therefore, Mary had every right to pass along the Davidic promises to her son, Jesus. And so clearly, he is the Jewish Messiah and the son of David and will sit on the throne of David forever and ever. And uh, that's wonderful news. And you can read a lot more about that in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 14 to the end of the chapter, and also in 1 Chronicles chapter 19, Psalm 89, you see these great promises that were made to David that now we see pass through Mary to Jesus, the Messiah for all. One of our generous and faithful supporters recently asked, Mitch, what are your priorities for 2022? And I thought that was a great question. The answer is simple. We plan to go back to basics in 2022 focusing on evangelism, discipleship, and training. We're so excited by the ministry possibilities in 2022. This year, we are prioritizing in-person, I say in-person, evangelism of Jewish people with the strategy to win Jewish believers, disciple and train them, and help them serve the Lord. We're also looking to reach young secular Israelis for, for the Lord. And we're planning to use various media, in-person engagements, and to share the love of Jesus with them any way we can. So we hope you will prayerfully consider supporting us this year. Your gifts will provide for our various ministries, the development of materials, and the production of our training programs. We are so thankful for your prayers and generous support. So God bless you and thank you for partnering with Chosen People Ministries as we share the gospel with Jewish people all across the globe. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now we're going to hear from Diane Parkas. After a traumatic assault, Diane was plagued by an eating disorder and a real need to connect with something deeper. And then she met someone who helped her unlock true peace and contentment. I know that you're going to love this testimony by Diane Parkas, a dear friend of ours. So sit back and let it speak to your heart. On the outside, I looked pretty good. I was slim. I was fit, like in shape. But inside, I was actually a big mess. I had no idea how to cope, how to just live life and function in basic ways that 
as a young adult, you need to learn. When I was a child, we went to synagogue, we celebrated the holidays, and there was a sense of connection to the past, like the history of our people. It was something almost for children, like you heard the stories. There wasn't really much thought or expression given to that this was truth. I had an experience when I was in high school that was very traumatic. Um, I was sexually assaulted uh, by some boys that I thought were my friends, and it made me so fearful, fearful of men, fearful of, uh, of life. It was just so traumatic. Being assaulted sexually made me feel very bad about myself. I felt disgusting about myself, and it was so painful. I think I was enraged and hateful, and I didn't know how to process those feelings. I had a hunger for something inside of me. That was intense, and I was somebody who was very about my heart, like the drug I really got addicted to was sugar. And I didn't stop until I was in physical pain from a belly ache, and I just couldn't keep eating anymore. And so the eating was a way, and the bulimia was a way of numbing myself from the emotions. I was searching. I got involved in yoga very intensely into yoga. Like, I even lived in a yoga center for about a year, and we would get up six in the morning. I was kind of trying to piece these ideas together and make sense spiritually. Um, and one day I heard a woman talking about having a relationship with God where she knew that he loved her. It was like a key where everything fit together around the key. That was what I was looking for. Instead of trying to piece together all these ideas and make some thing out of it, I wanted that connection, that peace that she had. Finally, I went to her apartment and we're talking and she says that really what she had that I wanted was Yeshua. I never thought about Jesus before. And um, she's telling me that he could make this difference in my life. And she said that the definition of a Christian was a person who was following Christ. If by that definition, you could be Catholic and not be a Christian, or you could be Jewish and be a Christian. I went from the heart. I just, I prayed with this woman that night. I was like, okay, I'll try. So I prayed with her. I opened my heart. You know, I asked God to forgive me of things I had done, and I asked Yeshua to be with me. When I left her apartment that night, I remember walking to the bus. This Yeshua was with me in a way that was really different. It wasn't like all these other things I was doing, and. I began reading the Bible little by little. I noticed it wasn't so much while I was reading, 
but in between readings, things that I had read would all of a sudden come to mind in between and, and relate totally to something that was going on in my life. It was just amazing. The Hebrew scriptures from the beginning all the way through prophesied of the Messiah and Jesus fulfills prophecies. This book has life in it and it like somehow it's hard to explain but it somehow like feeds me on the inside and fills me up and I got answers to my prayers. It was more of an interaction. Praying wasn't just something I did, it was something that was like you say, a relationship, an interaction, like I would say something or ask God something, maybe in the next day or over a period of time, I see different ways that God is showing me in my life answers to my questions. Jesus talked about the internal issues of the law, not just how you looked on the outside, you know, you might be following all the rules, but hating your brother in your heart, okay? So the hating, the part that's going on in your own heart, that's how Jesus interpreted it. When God says not to murder, he doesn't want even our heart to be in that frame of mind. In 1894, Rabbi Leopold Cohn founded Chosen People Ministries in Brooklyn, New York. And today, we stand as a credible, well-established mission that combines Jesus' biblical imperative to go and make disciples with the call to evangelize to the Jewish people first. We accomplish this mission with innovative and forward-thinking creativity. And if you'd like to partner with us this year, go to chosenpeople.com radio. You can also give a gift through the mail or over the phone. Find all the details at chosenpeople.com slash radio. Your gifts help us continue to proclaim the good news that Messiah has come to Jewish people around the world. And for that, we thank you for your partnership. You are listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, your faithful partnership with this ministry is enabling us to introduce the Messiah to Jewish people all over the world each and every day. And you can help us continue to build our 127 years of faithful service by letting us know that you're praying for us or that you'd like to financially support this ministry. So to connect with us today, just visit us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. Thanks, Bobby. And I really hope our listeners will get online and that they'll engage with Chosen People Ministries because we would love to send you, our listeners, a copy of our 52-week devotional Bible study and bookmark that we're giving away free right now. It's called The Portion, and this booklet walks you through the weekly Torah portions, the five books of Moses. And as a bonus, we'll send you The Portion Bookmark, a beautiful piece that will help you stay on track with the weekly reading. Or you can give away the whole bundle to someone who might be curious to learn more. So take advantage of these great resources and be sure to go to chosenpeople.com slash radio. You can also ask for the portion booklet and bookmark when you write to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street, New York, New York, 10022. Or you can call us at 
293-7482. And right now, to wrap up today's message, here's the ironic benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.